It's an emergency this week on The Hapless Heroes. Pregnant's really looking for a statue that's hanging dong. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. I'm Francesco, and I'm your host and DM tonight as uh, we deal with a proper Emodron C. Before we do that, I'm going to intro my cast as we do every week, starting on my virtual left. We have Dave playing Zero, Valence Avatar of War. Evening, everyone. Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Always at my service. Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Oh, there's no way that many robots are going to fit in my pockets. Zach as Pregnart. Wow, look at the very pretty, possibly very destructive colors in the sky. (laughs) Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. This is not the audience I was hoping for. And John as Lord Jarrell the Light. I thought he would have succeeded this time. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we'll see, I guess. Speaking of success or failure or maybe something in between, um, we are currently experiencing what most people would call an invasion. Uh, A swarm of Modrons are pouring out from a portal that has sort of... um, it looks like it's sort of being like, you know, it's sort of at the center of where this convergence is happening. It's blocked out the moon entirely now. Um, I remember describing, you know, these, like there's some sort of backdrop in that portal of like these like landscapes built on top of these massive, like flat gears. Um, And yeah, there are a ton of geometric shapes is the best way to describe it. With like like uh, from everything from like you know like your cubes to like stars and like uh, star shaped robot things like Modrons uh, trying a pyramid shaped or like there's even ones that are stacked where they have like a, like a square base and then a pyramid top. They're all different types of Modrons all pouring through this portal. And there was a big booming voice that you had heard that had said, citizens of timeline ZX1249. Uh, I think there was, I forgot exa- I forgot the exact words I said. I'm sorry, audience, it's been a couple weeks and I make a lot of this shit up. Uh, so like- I think it said that we were breaching temporal protocols. That's what it was. I knew it was a breach of, t- was a breach of temporal something and I wanna make sure I had the language correct, but either way, yes. Yeah, you were, you, there's, there's some sort of breach or violation of temporal protocols, but not to worry. You know, order will be restored. Um, And everyone's panicking. So we're just going to go right back into the action. Um, Any other things to note? Ebenezer and some of the wizards that were surrounding him as they were all witnessing this event unfold are beginning to cast some sort of um, like dome of protection over 
the immediate area. It seems to be, it's, it's, it's looking like it's, it's about to encompass what I would call maybe about a 500 foot by 500 foot area. So like everybody in the general vicinity who's, who was here gathered in, 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 you know, looking at this, um, are now being protected, but you can already hear orders being shouted to like, you know, start mobilizing, you know, the rest of the battle mages to go and just protect the people. Like just start, like just start spreading out, like wake people, like start waking people up, like start sending like all the emergency signals out, like get everybody activated and like alert right now. This is, this is like a, like number one, like emergency, like this is catastrophic. Um, and you can see like these, 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 like, I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's so far up in the sky. So it's almost like you're just watching this swarm just start to like spread out, right? And like start to swirl and they're like making their way down. But obviously it's not like, they're not like right here on top of you quite yet. They're like miles in the sky still. Um, did, what do you do? How do you react? Appear to be flying. Like they have um, controlled movement. They're not in free fall. Yes, con controlled movement. Um, also, I will say that Filbert is freaking out as well. Uh, and he like looks at you and he says, is this what happened in whatever the past that you guys came from or the future? Is this how it went down? Is this how you remember it going down? At last time, if I remember correctly, the police were looking for you, but I don't remember robots. No, I mean, like the, I mean, the apocalypse. And the apocalypse you described that happened that apparently I caused was nope. this what happened not as such no I I listen um I want to keep helping you but right now I I need to go I need to go help my dad I need to figure out if there's something I can do um I, I, I'm gonna shed the disguise I'm sorry like it's just I think that we have bigger problems now he will. He's going to need his wand, and I have it right here. And he holds it up. Sounds like that's for the best. Thor quickly snatches the wand and runs. No, you have to make me a sleight of hand check, please. Boris tries to snatch the wand from Filbert. Okay. Yep, that makes more sense. I I like the attempt. Please. What What is your roll result? Sleight of hand. Oh, that's not great. 26. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> that, is, that is an awful sleight of hand. Your role well, is bad and you should feel bad. Not just because the role was a great number doesn't mean the result is a great thing. You snatch the wand and the second your fingers touch it, you feel uh, almost like this electric shock. Uh, I need you to make me a constitution saving throw, please. Real great at these, maybe. Let's see, wait, do I have anything that affects these? Just double checking. Nope, nope, nope. Wisdom saving throws. Ooh, yes, 18. An 18 is not enough to resist the enchantment or uh, protection enchantment that's on this particular... Uh, wand here. This is the wand of the most powerful wizard you know of. Mm -hmm. um, you are going to take some thunder damage, or lightning damage, I should say, so just bear with me a moment. Cool. 
You are taking 15 lightning damage and the wand explodes out of your hand and drops to the ground. And Philbert goes, well, that certainly will get someone's attention. It's my dad's wand. It's only like only people he, never mind. I don't have time to explain this. Like, d- just trust me. It's but that heart. <laughs> and he picks up the wand again. He like throws the wig off in like dramatic fashion behind him. And he just starts sprinting towards uh, Ebenezer. Should we join him to confer with the world's foremost wizard? I was thinking we would discuss amongst ourselves what could possibly be done at this point or potentially just eat the fish if it gets out of hand. Well, we we know that's the fallback, but I'm not so sure. Is this happening the same way it did in the last loop or was that convergence looking different? And this is now an ultimate. I specifically I specifically described that it looked different. Yeah, this this I was very clear that this looked different than last time. What was supposed to happen? Well, could it have been our, our looping and relooping drew their attention that somehow they are aware of these temporal protocols that we are breaking. And and I'm, I'm not even so sure we're in the same timeline every every time we reset. I mean, like dimensionally, things can play out lots of different ways. And every time we reset, how are we so sure that we're going back to the same dimensional timeline. Jarl shrugs and looks at Zero. Both well, good points. I think we need to stay in this timeline until we can ascertain for sure whether or not our actions have anything to do with that. Our alternative would be that we have two different problems that are going on at once. On balance, our mucking around with the timeline might be the more reasonable option. I will need to interrupt you for just a moment. And can I just have everybody make me perception checks, please? Come on, Jarrell. See nothing. (laughs) I'm just going to go around. Uh, So starting with uh, zero. Zero has a nine. I've been caught monologuing. (laughs) That's fair. Love that. Uh, Quinn? 14. Boris? 31, I am the universe. <laughs> I can I can see how colors taste. Um, Zach, or I'm sorry, Pregnart? Uh, five. Wonderful. Um, He's tasting a color. <laughs> Hedrick. Hedrick's watching Pregnart taste a color with also a five. Oh, wonderful. And Terrell. Yeah, um definitely caught up in zero's monologues my favorite and and like and also scariest thing is when boris is the only one who notices things but that's kind of her shtick she notices everything um boris there's something else happening in the sky right now adjacent to i mean it's hard to determine distance because we're talking about looking up in the sky so this could be like thousands and thousands of feet right apart right um but there appear to be other shapes starting to form like like almost like like uh, like magical like almost like there's some sort of magical energy starting to form um in two other spots in the sky almost like like almost like creating almost like a triangle now of like potentially forming portals like you have the one in the center where the convergence is and then almost like coming down um in like an arc 
um, a little bit lower, are now two portals across from each other. So if like you're if you're looking at like where all the modrons are coming out of directly overhead, you would look I guess to your uh, I don't know say you're facing north. If you look to your uh, west, there's one starting to form on your west and one starting to form on, on the east, across from each other, a little bit lower in the sky. Um, it's hard you can you can barely make out the shapes right now because it seems like they're sort they're sort of still just in their um, beginning stages, right? You caught this like pretty much right away as it started it was starting to happen. Um, one of the portals appears almost like circular, like maybe or I would say more like a, a elliptical, and the other looks more like um, like a straight line almost, like almost like a tear. Uh, is the tear the east one or the west one? The tear is the east. The uh, like oval-shaped one is in the west. Um, another thing you notice, Boris, because of your impeccable, impeccable perception roll. I mean, it wasn't a 20, but... It I was a 31. Yeah. Um, descending from the stairs of the tower, like out from the tower are two people that look oddly familiar, but like significantly younger than when you remember seeing them last. But still like you're, you're, you're having trouble making sense of it because like this is 160 years in the past. There's no fucking way that these two people would be here right now. Uh, Jarrell wouldn't have noticed it, but if he was paying attention, he might have seen this too and been a bit shocked. You have a man who looks uh, like a young, full head, like full head of haired version of Supreme uh, Supreme Arch Cleric Pope Popeson and uh, one Arch Cleric Bronson. However, they are just wearing your typical scholarly mage robes. Their hair is significantly darker and more full. And their faces not wrinkled or, you know, like aged with time at all. And they appear to be descending with haste down the tower steps and heading stri- straight to um, the ley line structure. Okay, that's it. Now, Boris, there was a, you know, because there, there was something you had noticed, right? I remember there was one thing you had noticed way back when you had followed Jarrell when he was meeting with the Supreme Arch Cleric. That's Pope Popeson, right? Yes, there was that. You know, you had you had noticed something about him um, that only you knew. Uh, so, like, you, know, you like kind of had a you were intimately familiar with what he looked like, and this is sort of like I mean, you would literally like that's him, but like full head of hair and like not aged at all. Yeah, I definitely not wearing any before. sort of popely robes by any means. Like he's dressed like a wizard. Okay, let's see. I noticed before the door closed that Supreme Archman, Supreme Archman, just to, that's, those are my notes from very early Nicole taking notes for Boris this episode. Supreme Archman had reached towards the, oh, uh, yep, yep. I don't know if, if, did I share this? Or is this something that's still only I Of course I you know. didn't. Does that even need to be asked? Of course. You have <laughs> never said a word about this since I revealed it to you. Because oh. you are now doing what Quinn used to do early on in the days of this show. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and what Pregnart kind of does accidentally. Yeah, but accidentally. <laughs> Pregnart doesn't intend to withhold information. We specifically make him do that because it's like, does he have the actual cognitive ability to relay this properly? Well, this is just, just a Pregnart filter. Okay. Boris yeah. didn't really trust everybody yet, right? Like, she was literally spying on Jarrell when this happened. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, uh, Boris seeing and recognizing because both know, of these individuals both of them i don't even remember who cleric bronson is but boris recognizes the dude you fought at the top of the spire oh okay the one that i got my cool sword from the cursed one yeah. no that was from the doppelganger of Jarrell. but yes yeah, i guess that I mean, was part of the same yeah. encounter yes yeah. um yeah, so Boris is going to notice this. I guess, I, I don't know, the circles first, and then the guy's running down the stairs, and she's just going to kind of, like, walk into the discussion that's happening, like, among our group, and clap a couple of times. You know, yo, uh, I know you guys are enjoying this whole philosophy shebang, but, like, the, the arch-cleric man, Popey-son dude is here? And, like, points directly at where they're running. <laughs> at this point, both individuals now have their backs towards all of you. So, um, you know, Boris currently is the only person who really got a clear look at either of their faces in the, in the I guess, like the chaos that's happening around you. Were they both human? Yes. Popeson? Popes, Pope, Popeson is here? And yeah. Jarrell uh, gets pretty excited. He's trying to look. Jarrell. Because you are intimately familiar with your faith, I want to make sure that I temper your excitement a little bit. You know that Supreme Arch Cleric Popeson wasn't even born yet when the upheaval happened. That's he came into confused. power and took over from the you know, previous Supreme Arch Cleric after they had died. Uh, but yes. Just yeah. just so you know, right? Like, Because you would know when the Supreme Arch Cleric was born. It's probably you know some part of the history of your faith that you would just learn about because you grew up in the church. Um, yeah, definitely not alive now. Right. There is no Church of Valen now. <laughs> Valen is alive, but um, maybe she's probably just. A, but she might just be a person. Right. 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 It's a normal. Can person. I tell that it's him? You can't. Not from this angle. And you would never. You would. I don't know if you. I mean, I'm not sure if you, especially from the back of someone's head, recognize right. this person as someone who is not as age, not as aged as they were, like like by a significant amount. Like, these people look like they might be in their, like, late 20s, early 30s. Now, what were they? They were coming down... Um... The they were coming down the step... Well, what Boris saw was them d exiting from the tower, descending the steps down, and running towards the ley line structure. But, I mean, you know, with what you're all seeing, lots of people are running around everywhere and just trying to like find somewhere to take cover like their people are panicking there's like some of the prefects are just trying to calm people down because like you know just tell them to stay in the dome of protection like you're gonna be safe here we're trying to figure out what the hell's going on you know because like they're not letting anybody leave um so you know it's just it's 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 just a kind of a chaotic situation right now and like you know this swarm is just every, you know every moment is getting closer and closer can see Jarrell just like standing there and kind of staring out and not really you know seeing the the you know face that I saw so she turns to Zero then and says Zero the sky's ripping in half you deal with that and points towards the the west 
then looks at uh, uh, Hedrick, I think. Hedrick was the other person involved in this conversation before I jumped in. So, Hedrick, uh, there's a other thing going on that way and points towards the west at the circle, vaguely. Hopefully he sees it too. And in then the grab- sky. Yeah, in the sky. And then grabs Jarell by the hand and just goes, we gotta go, and starts like tugging him in the direction of the Pope. Cleric. Well, he's not the Pope yet. He's just the Popeson. But his first name, uh, is Francis. it's Francis. <laughs> Francis Popeson. I have Pope Popes. Oh, right, yeah. Right. Well, we call him, he's the, right, yeah. he's the essentially the Pope. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just Frank, quote, unquote, yeah, Popeson. Right, quote unquote. Frankie Popeson. Frankie Popeson. <laughs> I start dragging Jarrell towards the vampire cleric. I like how uh, Boris is giving more directions than our leader, Captain Quinn, over here. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't perceive any of this, so. <laughs> so, um, it appears we have a few different things going on. Yeah, and at this point, Zero, I mean, like, you emoted yeah, in no, real Zero life. Yeah, no, Zero was saying like, that out loud. Yeah, but, but you emoted in real life, like, looking into the sky as you were saying that. Um, you now are also seeing, right now, a little bit of this, like, this swirling energy. It's getting a little bit brighter. You can actually start to see some colors. Um, so the circular, or I'm sorry, the more oval-looking like portal appears smoky. Um, and it just like, like it's kind of this like very dark color, but it's darker than the night sky. So you can see that almost like, you know, juxtaposed against the backdrop of the of the starry sky, right? Because it's really bright right now, just with all the light and magic and shit happening up there. Um, there's, and then this, this like almost like, you know, vertical rift um, is glowing faintly green. Faintly green? So green, and that was the west, was the rift, right? Rift was east. Oval was west. Oh, okay. So I've got those backwards. Um, it's in the west. That's why. The west. Yes. When we faced off with Bronson at the top of the tower, he tried casting Force Cage on him to the point where he just dragged his finger in midair, creating a rift and was able to escape this force cage. Um, does that rift on the right resemble that at all, just on a larger scale or? Mm, not so much. Uh, I mean, in, in, in that it's vertical, yes. In that it's magical, absolutely. Um, but exactly the same, hard to, hard to tell. Very hard to tell. You may have to make an Arcana check, but even then, I'm not sure if. Yeah, could, I mean, it's. Could, you could, could try. Hedrick make a check to see whether or not that green, sort of uh, emulates or resembles the same kind of green that we saw, um, coming from Ebenezer's fleet in the future, where everything was sure. kind of like a. Green yeah, green. I mean, f- feel free. Okay, fifteen on the die and. Arcana plus, plus two, 17 total. Um, definitely similar in nature. There's something a little bit more to this, though. Um, but that green is very like that hue of green is very similar to that almost like ghastly mm-hmm. type stuff you were seeing from. Yeah, like Ebenezer's like almost like proxy army, right? Because like he was never actually truly present um, for most of that. And, and Hedrick's relatively a simpleton when it comes to the arcane. So he knows we're facing off against Vecna, undead, necromancy. 
And then also Ebenezer, somewhat like, you know, he's more like construct undead where he's imbuing souls into stuff. So he's he's trying to make a connection. And uh, I, I'm not sure if Boris instructed him to run to the east or the west. He is trying to follow her direction. Um, and he's going to yell out to Jarrell as they're dashing away. Don't forget about your sending stone if you have to contact us. We can only use it once, though. <laughs> yeah, make it worth it. <laughs> That's right, because Jarrell, I believe, has one sending stone and Hedrick has the other from the pair. Yeah. 25 message uh, or 25 word message, I believe, is what you can send um, with it. Anyways. Yes. So that's so. OK, we have essentially Boris and Jarrell heading towards the like ley line structure. Um, we have zero and Pregnard kind of hanging back. Well, actually, everyone else kind of hanging back a little bit and trying to figure out and just like looking up. Um, I want to let's see, let's deal with the people who are hanging back for a second. Um, what what are what are you doing? Are you going to are you trying to follow? Like, does anyone want to try to follow Jarrell and Boris, or are you guys trying to like hunker down here and come up with a different plan? I'm uh, Pregnard is definitely following Jarrell and trying to figure out what is going on through context clues. <laughs> Honestly, that might be the best thing to do. Is let's get the rest of us behind it, unless somebody wants to run off on a different one. Those other two things are far up enough in the sky where they're not exactly impacting us right now. Um, I think we'd like to see what's coming out of them. And honestly, um, I came into this thinking we were going to have to reset. And now I'm starting to think this is exactly the place we need to be. Or at least Jarell still has the fish. Just to make, make sure, make sure we're keeping track, right? Jarell also still has the fish. As far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know it wasn't me. <laughs> Probably set it on a table during the hamster schism, but you still have the fish. I want to say it's like almost... I'm not sure when I would have had time to do it, but like fashion in such a way where it's like almost like in a water bottle <laughs> attached to my hip when at we this were, point. Uh, when we were at the splash pad. Sure. So so describe to me the container that this goldfish is in, please. I'd say it's pretty damn close to the same container as it was, just with a kind of like uh, anti-splash. Well, the container it was hole. in, the container it was in was a fish bowl. Right, filled with right. water so yeah. so it, it's it's like that only it's got kind of like a like an anti-splash like kind of lid on it but with sure. a lot of holes where it could still breathe the fish could still breathe and just kind of like the, a rope. The, okay i'm sorry i just want to make sure you understand what you're saying fish don't come up for air like i think you still need to have a hole for the air to get in yes Right, right. I know, but it's just like, but it's just, it's funny to me, right? Because it's like, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's an aquatic creature, yeah. right? Poking holes in the top, right? I mean, I understand. I mean, you can't just create a pressurized environment and expect that fish to like. <laughs> you know, this is not any ordinary fish. Oh, did you? Yeah. Couldn't um, you like Hedrick... divinely imbue the water with oxygen or something like that? <laughs> you could purify it. <laughs> there's no, there's no specific <laughs> spell for that, I guess. Um, no, Hedrick was worried that the fish was going to get out of the bowl and into the splash pad, into the wade pool. Ah, so while right. Javrel was napping, um, he uh, went over and wrapped just a, like a bit of cloth with like a, you know, like a, yeah, or, like a band or, or something. Yeah, perfect. Just, just to keep it physically in there, but air can still pass through. I like it. We'll do that. That sounds good. Okay. But so just to be clear, Jarrell still has the fish. 
Um, it's gonna be important to keep track of just in case. Um, but yeah, so this this stuff is all happening. Everything seems to be happening. Um, that announce that announcement again from that booming voice in the sky repeats itself. Same tone and timber as before. Almost like like just very robotic, right? Very machine-like. You know, there's not really any sort of emotion behind this voice at all. Um, is everybody now following Boris and I? Uh, yes, it seems like it. Okay. So you guys are making your way towards the um, ley line structure. There's a, there's a bunch of people like kind of rushing around. Like part of this protective bubble does, you know, encompass at least like, you know, the base of this structure. Um, and you can see that these uh, these two uh, people that Boris had pointed out are moving around to the other side of the structure. They're trying to like, you know, get get out of like eyesight, I guess, from like the from where everyone else seems to be gathered in the square. Um, uh, did, so Boris, I'm assuming you're. Yeah. For, uh, you know, Jarrell, you can make me another perception check as they're like rounding the corner because because Boris is like tugging your hand and like pointing like, hey, it's them. You know, it's them over there. Oh, I got an 18. Hey, um, <laughs> you know, it's it, when it when it comes to Francis Popeson, that's a harder one for you to like put together right away. But Bronson, you do not. You will you will never forget that face because that's the person who took your worst fear and made you fight it. So, yeah, that guy looks a lot f very, very familiar, just younger and not wearing cleric robes at all. Do I... What, do I know his first name? I don't... I mean, yeah, did I... I don't even know if I... We, we, if I don't know if we ever said it in the show. Does anyone remember? Do I have to go back and listen to that? I'm going to feel bad if I, uh, you know, don't do it continuity would, yeah, here. But. I don't really... I mean, I, I could just say... Um, Joe would say... Uh, Archclerk Bronson? Pope? Popeson? Francis Popeson? Is that you? I, I, he's like yelling they're, as he's trying to cross... Catch up they're so them. they're they're so far away. You're not sure if they heard you, but they respond. They don't respond to you calling their names. Sure. Uh, Hedrick will try to catch up to Jarrell and turn on his amplifier. Yeah, I mean, you guys aren't too far behind. You're maybe a few steps, right? Like they just kind of got that head start. You guys all looked at each other and were probably like, "Yeah, we should probably follow them," and we moved, right? Like, I mean, like that discussion took a little bit, but really, like the actual like those actions probably all happened within, you know, a few seconds from each other. So you're not too far behind. I feel like it would have um, taken a few seconds for Boris to have actually gotten Jarell into like an actual run from the initial like we gotta go tug. Right, yeah. you're very fast and light on your feet. He's got a lot of heavy armor on that he has to maneuver in. So, yeah, now um, that Jarell sees them too, I let go of his hand and just you know book. Yeah, Boris, you are yeah like just full sprint, right, heading in their direction. Um, I'm going to say you guys are about 100 feet from there. And before, like, just so that we can kind of establish a nice order of how things are going to go down. I'm not necessarily saying that there's combat happening right this second, but we're going to roll initiative. But I haven't even made my surprise tackle yet. You're, you're not going to catch up that quickly. They're not going to see me before I tackle them. There could still be... Uh, su surprise that happens, uh, but you know it's gonna be you know, they because they're necessarily knowing that you're there. Um, zero. What is your initiative? 
Seven. Quinn? Uh, 17. Nice. Um, Boris? 23. Pregnart? 12. Okay, Hedrick? Uh, 15 with this plus four, but I don't see anything. I think I have to change it to plus three. I'm not really sure why it is that. I would say 14 is the number. Okay. And, uh, Jarrell? Uh, three. It's pretty typical of this group. So, Boris, um, you know, it's uh, it's you. Um, they're start, they, they are already kind of rounding the corner. I'm going to say you're about 100 feet away from where they are now, like where they had just kind of turned the corner. Um, you're going to they are. It looks like they are heading towards, though, where the edge of this protective bubble is like this protective bubble will pretty much reach the base on the far side of this uh, like structure, but mm-hmm. it will not, it doesn't really extend much further past that. So it appears that they are making their way outside of this protective dome. Okay. I'm still chasing them. Yep, just letting you know. But yep. are you, so you da- dashing, you're like 60 feet essentially? Yes. Okay. Um, that's good. Uh, you know, you could, you could, getting a little further up, you can see that they're, yeah, like they're just sort of towards the edge of um, the bubble at this point. Uh, and they're like looking up into the sky and they, they're not really looking behind them right now. Um, they haven't noticed you, but you are for, I would say probably cause they also, yeah, you're about 40 feet, I guess, from where they are currently standing. Cool. Still you have, dashing. You have, you have visual. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't go any further this turn, but I wasn't sure if you had any other actions you wanted to perform. Oh, um, yeah, I ready my... Is dagger the right answer? Do I have something funnier to ready? Rubber chicken, rubber chicken. I don't think I have a rubber chicken. (laughs) Missed opportunity. Yeah, right? I could have put that on the list at some point. I don't think I have a lasso either. See, Fran, this is the problem when you ignore encumbrance. There's just way too much inventory. I... Listen, I'm not it's because I have a encumbrance. areas. I have, you know, my chunk of inventory that's for this specific timeline that will disappear. And then I have my my inventory from before that comes with me and reappears each time. Um, yeah, I just ready my dagger. That seems like the right thing to ready. I've got okay. it in my hand in case I need to use it. And just, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're 40 feet away from you. I'm not sure, you know, how far you can throw that thing. I can throw it that far, but not well. It would be a disadvantage, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, so I guess what are the conditions then for you to throw it if they somehow decide to turn around and run towards you? <laughs> yeah, if they decide to come around or turn around and run towards me, or if for some reason, like a magic portal opens directly in front of them and they look like they're going to disappear for all eternity out of my ability to access that. Like it's it's there for a Hail Mary. Situation. Yeah, that's fair. And actually, hold on a second, because you can dash as a cunning action, I believe, correct? Oh, I think I can. Because that's because that, because like because other because oh, uh, well because well because other well no no what I mean is that you dashed, therefore you are actually allowed to prepare an action because normal people can't do that. Oh. Right, you could dash as your action typically, but you get to do that as a cunning action, so you still have your action, which is why I was you know just making sure you know that's how the rules. Well, I mean. Work. 
Yeah, I was thinking more as a bonus thing. I just like put my dagger in my hand, not so much like actually prepared to. But either yeah, way, yeah, would, let's go with would, what you said. We're good. Yeah, that's how that's how preparing attacks works. So we use you're essentially using your you're, you're saving your action to be used on your reaction. Um, all right, that sounds good. Well, we're on to I guess Quinn then. I mean, you guys were all grouped up, right? Like like Boris was just slightly ahead of you guys, but you know she just she dashed her way up within. She can at least see the two people that. You're focusing on. I mean, there's people all behind you, right? Everyone's kind of running around. Um, you might have caught the attention of someone at least heading in this direction, just because, like, obviously this is not where most people are running. Um, but no one's really interacting with y'all just yet. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say that I probably. Um, I don't know if I ready a weapon. I mean, I, I guess I see. I see um, Boris do it, so I just kind of take the cue because I'm not really sure what's going on at this point. Um, so I pull my rapier out um, just to kind of <laughs> prepare myself. But then I um, I shout to Jarrell. Um, if reckless shenanigans got us into this mess, then why can't we get ourselves out? Um, bardic inspiration to him. Um, and that's it. Uh, I'm moving with the group, so that's my movement. God, okay. I love that you see me pull out a tiny dagger hidden in my hand, and you're just like, sword time! Yeah. <laughs> I assume we're chasing down a villain. <laughs> And not to mention, if any of you have looked in the sky, this is what us military folk might refer to as a target-rich environment. All right, it's sword time. You have reason to be under arms right now. Yeah, because <laughs> there's there's like literal potential death raining from the sky right now. Um, so uh, that sounds good, Quinn. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll mark that as red. But you do move up towards where Boris is. Uh, we are now moving to uh, Hedrick. Um, first thing he wants to do is he sees uh, Boris dashing away. Uh, he's going to inspire her. Wonderful. In the evening, evil is walking the barrenness of Riverford stocking. And <laughs> when her dagger slashes, her victims go. <laughs> <laughs> Very that's, that's solid to, gold. He oh, wants good. to get to Jarrell and uh, ask him, do you trust me? Of course. He's going to uh, grab his hand or at least touch his pauldron and cast Dimension Door. And he wants to get five feet behind Bronson and Popeson, not so that we're appearing in front of them, but so that we are directly behind them. I'll say that with the way that they rounded the corner, I could I could probably put you within ten feet. Yeah, within ten feet. Okay. Just you know because they I they, they moved ahead and then like off to the side, right? So there's like there's that little bit of you know angles and stuff. Uh, so yeah, you appear right at that like right around. Like, I say corner. This is a circular like type, you know, area, right? But like you know, I guess what would be a corner to you, in that they're out of line of sight. Um, but yeah, boom, you're ten feet behind them. Perfect. Um, you know, there's 
some of those same like you know like, like I think that at this point casting magic here like no one's gonna really start uh, giving you a lot of yeah. shit. Yeah, if they want to so, take the time to lock me up, I'll do whatever I can to evade them. But no, I think that I think that now is yeah. To say now is probably the time where it is warranted to just yeah, uh, free use. Let's 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 just you know this is a <laughs> time of emergency. So, yep, boom, you appear behind these two individuals, and like the sound of the you know the the spell going off does turn them around. Um, uh, but we'll deal with their reaction when it's their turn, which it is not. It is Pregnart's turn. Can Pregnart see the Pope Popeson and the, the other person? No, not from where you are. You'd have to dash up to where the rest of them are at. Uh, well, that old Pregnart noggin is working. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. Pregnart dashes up to where the rest of them are. Okay, any bonus actions, anything else you are uh, doing or just, just uh, getting in position and waiting for next turn? And listen, folks, just for the people in the audience who, you know, I mean, at this point, we've, you've heard a lot of combats and all that, you know, situations like this we've done. Like, it's sometimes it's perfectly fine to just, like, get in position and be ready for your next turn if you are, you know, not in, like, a prime position to, like, take actions. Like, that's perfectly yeah, I'm, acceptable. I'm not going to do any, any bonus action. That's it. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Just a okay, vanilla you're up, dash. You're, yeah, totally fine. You're up with the group. Uh, you'll probably be able to do plenty of stuff on your next turn. But until then, we are going to move now to zero. Well, it's one of those times my toolkit doesn't give me a ton of things to do. So what we will do is have uh, reason out and, and, you know, hit like hip fire ready. It's not exactly shouldered, but, you know, where I need it for when I need it and we are going to make our move and we're going to make our dash and we're just going to get as close to the action as we can. Sounds good. Um, and then we're going to go to let's see. I guess you and I have to roll off technically. Actually, no, wait. The enemies would go before you because your initiative bonus is less. That sucks for you, buddy. Uh, the people you, I guess, are futurely known as Francis Popeson and Arch Cleric Bronson. Um, have spun around, right? As they've seen now, Jarrell and Hedrick just dimension door, and now they actually see that there's four of, or uh, actually, no, five of you gathered there. Actually, no, everybody made it up. Yeah, all of you there. You probably made your move except for, yeah, because Jarrell's there too. So, like, yeah, they see, no, the, they see the group of you. You said we were, well, for me, at the end of my run, I was still 60 feet away while I was still running. I said 40. 40, 40 feet away. Yeah, so you have a group of you 40 feet away, and then two people 10 feet away and they're and they just they're, yeah and they're like startled they're just like you there state your purpose like they, they hold their wands out at you like this is restricted area like if you if you take another step we will not hesitate to put you down and they are going to ready an action Both of them. Jarrell, it is your turn. Yep. Uh, Hopeson, Bronson, it, it is I. You might not recognize me. Lord Jarrell the Light, you look so young. What is going on here? 
Okay, we're going to break for a moment for a conversation. We're going to go back to the top of initiative order after Jarrell's, like, this conversation, Jarrell's turn here, but we're just going to kind of take a break in time where more time is now passing, right? We're not in, like, this is a soft initiative break, we'll call it. Um, he says, I, I, they, 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 they look at, they kind of, like, look at each other, like, who the hell are you talking about? Are, are you the same that I know? Are you still the followers of Valen? Who? Listen, there is a crisis. You you should just go get safe. You need to leave right now. This is not, this. you should no, be nowhere near this structure. Follow the instructions from Ebenezer and the rest of the staff. They'll keep you safe. But this, you should not be here right now. You are you are reaching the boundaries of safety. Get out. Are, are you leave from now? now? You mean, <laughs> what kind of question is that? That's a good question. You are, you are wasting, you are wasting our time and disrupting you must you turn around and leave right now does uh when i use divine sense what do they see or do i do anything so divine sense is it's it's more like cuz like for you that's like a feeling right it's, it's like, like a it's spider something, sense it's, right it's something within yeah you have to activate it right you have to focus on it but like it's not a spell, right? It's an ability. It's an inherent ability you have. So it would work differently. You're not chanting anything or whatever. You might maybe like say a silent prayer, maybe, you know. But it's not something that's necessarily overtly um, present, right? You know, just no yeah. gesticulation necessarily, or it's not none of that's necessary for this. Well, then I'm gonna use it real quick, just because um, that's Jarrell's go-to every time anything weird like this ever happens. No, you got nothing. But nothing else around the sixty feet either. Like there's no, no. active consecration or desecration lurking. <laughs> no. Uh, Jarrell just has this weird, dumb, confused look on his face. Dude, like yeah, like everything you know is being like this is just <laughs> a crumbling before you here because they they have no idea who you're talking about the, when you they when look you like drop those names. They they didn't know their own names. They didn't. They, they had no idea who you were talking about when he called them by name. Yeah. Yes. They had no idea. They're like, who? Jarrell hmm. thought that he had beaten his fear of doppelgangers, <laughs> <laughs> and it's back again. All right. And now he's now he's questioning himself. Yep. Again, uh, they repeat th themselves. Leave now. Let us help you. Jarrell pulls out the Sword of Justice, which always looks. Please drop amazing. your weapon! And they. Uh, uh, okay, uh, make me a. What is it? Uh, I guess it would be a strength saving throw. Oh, that's not too hard for me. Would his aura affect them? Because technically, they cannot be frightened even of him. <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to dignify that with an answer. We're just going to go with what's happening right now because I just, I can't. I can't um, I'm, I'm going to use just in case because I do not want to drop the Sword of Justice. It's not a thing I would do. Oh, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I got a 23. 23 is good enough. You do resist whatever magic they tried, attempted to use to disarm you. Um, and the other, but the other guy goes, like, he, he like looks and sees that that spell failed and he says, Oh, he, he looks at you and then he just says, drop. And he casts command on you. 
That's an intelligence save? Wisdom save. Okay, that's a little bit better for me. And you have Bardic Inspiration. I already used Quinn's. Oh, you used it? Oh, you used it? I got another 23. Uh, Yep, you beat the spell save DC. Um, So, yeah, you are unaffected by this. And now we're going to go back to initiative because you are hostile. Um... Before is it still my turn? Yes. Charo it's, will put his sword they, they away. Pre- they, pre- they prepared their actions, right? Yeah. Those were their reactions. Yeah. So now, yes, it is. We're back to you. Uh, Jarrell will put his sword away and again look very confused at what the hell is going on. Okay, you did get them to kind of like almost drop their guard slightly with you sheathing your sword. Right. I'm trying to help. Why are you attacking me? We told you to leave. And then you pulled out a weapon. Leave now or we will have to take more decisive measures. This is your Um, last warning. All of you. Having already beaten two of their spells, (laughs) Jarrell just kind of shrugs, uh, looks at Hedrick. And, like, there's nothing we can do, really, it seems, to talk them into this. On the other hand, I may have something up my sleeve. You know we can hear you, right? Are we still an initiative? <laughs> Jarrell has, uh, is not it was going a to soft attack, break. has okay. his sword away, that's the end of his turn. Jarrell's not going to do, effectively, anything except for the Divine Sense and try to help. So I guess the question is now... Boris, before we get to your turn, are you going to take your reaction with your prepared action? I'm still 40 feet going... away, so no. Yes. No. Okay. At this point, Jarrell's life is not presently in immediate danger. It's not not in danger. Well, I still have a turn coming up, though, before they can do anything it is. again. So, like, yeah. you know, it's not in immediate danger. I got time to get closer, is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, it's your t- it's your turn. Are you, you're going to ad- you're going to advance then. Well, yeah, because they're tied up with Jarrell right now, right? They're otherwise occupied with another in individual. conversation, not within five feet. They're not within five feet of Jarrell. No, they're within ten feet. Oh. Right. Hmm. Hmm. It's almost as if I had tried to create some sort of mitigating circumstances here, so there would be some a little bit more of a almost. thought of positioning. It's taken me six years mm. to try to start picking apart all of your my easy your easy I win buttons. I mean, I wasn't even going for easy I win. Oh, I have advantage against spells. God damn it! <laughs> I guess it didn't matter. Phil, so do you. There you go, bud. <laughs> Frederick, so do you. <laughs> That's part of your aura? Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't uh, know yes. that. It's Reading uh, the character sheet. Uh, it's it's the sometimes. Holy Avenger. You can't be frightened because of my aura protection. You have charisma. Um, my charisma added to your saves, and we have advantage against checks, against spells. I mean, Pretty yeah, okay. Sweet. I would still advance. I also wouldn't have really stopped advancing during that entire conversation, but weird time freeze means that I guess I just stood there 
for that whole conversation. Otherwise, I would only be 10 feet behind Jarrell right now. But pretending I just stood there for the length of that conversation without trying to hide at all. Um, I still run and attempt to tackle Cleric Bronson by jumping over Jarrell's shoulder. Like just like right, a full-on be... like, leap tackle. So you, a 14-year-old girl who's going to try to tackle this grown-ass man. We're going to do some competing strength checks as you are attempting to grapple. I have a run and tackle happening, but yes, valid. It's still the same check. Do I need to acrobatics check for leaping over Jarrell first? No, because that we just kind of assume you succeed, (laughs) seeing as how you could the minimum roll a 23 on that check. Yay, the first half is graceful. We got uh, on my end, a 13 on the strength check. For just general strength, eh? That's what we're going That's for it. right now. Just strength. I sure am feeling lucky right now. <laughs> <laughs> she says, rolling her dice nervously. A 10. Unfortunately, it's not enough to resist this person's strength. I mean, they're wizards. They're not particularly strong, but I mean, enough to at least, you know, not resist the tackle attempt from a 14-year-old girl. And they just throw you to the side. And now very much we are in combat. So Boris, unfortunately, that attempt was a failure. Uh, you were kind of cast to the side, you know, you're, but you're still five feet away from, you know, the two of these, these, these dudes. Um, so we're going to move now to Quinn's turn. Um, Battle stances now, because these guys yeah. are, are ready to, to strike. And thankfully, though, you are you are not within eyesight of the other wizards, so they're not going to see you, at least at the moment, actively engaging in combat with people who may have been considered their colleagues. There are still, like, you know, the walls that surround this area, but obviously people's attention is occupied elsewhere right now. If we start seeing tons of flashy spells, explosions, and things like that, yeah, you might start drawing more attention your way. But right now, this 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 whole encounter is kind of contained in this area that you guys are gathered in. Um I'm gonna cast Confusion. <laughs> um but I don't have it in front of me, so just give me one second. Um, I'm just trying to think of something that's less flashy, even though, you know, I like flash, but, um, okay. Why is this not? Uh, nope, that's still not the right website. Sorry. I don't have my phone in front of me. That's my, my bad. All right, here we go. Um, okay, so I'm going to roll a d8, and depending on what I roll, I think I only can target one of them. Uh, oh, each creature in a 10-foot radius. Okay, so I cast Confusion um, five feet behind them, so it uh-huh. doesn't uh, hit. Get Boris. Yeah, Boris. Um, yeah, it would be Boris that it would also affect otherwise. Yeah, you could probably you could probably place it in such a way because you, you just target an area. You don't target a person. Correct. Yep. A sphere, yeah. uh, 10 foot radius. Yep. So okay. uh, they have to do a wisdom saving throw. OK, I'll make two. 
one sec. We might have a D20. Let me just check their sheets again, just to make sure that I don't overlook any, you know, fun stuff that I tend to overlook in these moments about resistance to spells and things of that nature. So just a second. Um, I'm still trying to figure out whether Jarrell considered these people allies or not. <laughs> <clears throat> well, uh, your friends are starting to attack them, so... <laughs> All right, we have, oh, that's a D12 that I just rolled. Come on, Fran, you know the shape of dice. Been doing this for a long time. What's wrong with you? Okay, we have, you said it was, um, wisdom. Was throw again? Remind me. Wisdom. wisdom. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got a 19 and a 17. Okay, 19 succeeds, 17 that's fails. Folks Bronson fails. Okay, so um, do you want to roll the d10 or do you want me to roll the d10? Uh, you roll the d10. Yeah, I have everything right in front of me. Okay. Ooh. All right, eight. So the creature uses its action to make a melee attack against a randomly determined creature within its reach. If there is no creature within its reach. The creature does nothing this turn. So basically on its next turn, um, it can't take any reactions at this point, but on its next turn, it has to use its action to attack a randomly determined creature. Bronson is very confused. Okay, I'll make a note. Um, and then with my bonus action, um, I'm gonna rock out Jarrell again. Um, worry not! Oh. oh yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead. Worry not, when I tell this tale of this moment one day, I'll leave out how you would have failed spectacularly without my help. Wow. God damn it, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> there are two types of bards. Um. <laughs> the snarky ones and the musical one. <laughs> uh... Okay, wonderful. Um, and so so with my movement, then I move, let's say, 10 feet closer. So I'm now 30 feet away. Sounds good. We got Hedrick next. And uh, just a reminder, Boris, your inspiration is a D12 from Hedrick. Um... So he sees he sees how ineffectual uh, trying to be diplomatic about this is. Um, he's going to try to cast Hold Monster at sixth level, so he can target both Popeson and Brownson. Ooh. And they both okay. have to make Wisdom saving throws. Okay. Yeah, they just made two of those. Uh, one of them failed, so you know chances are maybe looking okay for you. Let's see. Oh my god. Two fours on the die. Yeah, they both fail. So they are considered um, paralyzed. Yeah, they sure are. Uh, duration <gasps> is up to one minute, so that'll at least buy time for everybody else to, to get closer. Do they um, repeat the save? I forget. I think this, I forget how, I forget uh, if Hold Monster requires that. We've used it a bunch of yeah. times, but I yep. just we, uh, we tend to overlook it sometimes for like minor creatures. Mm -hmm. So at the end of each of their turns, Sounds they good. make another wisdom saving throw. Love to see it. All right. Well um, done, Hedrick. 
he's going to try to say to him, I assure you, we mean you no harm, but we will defend ourselves if you strike us. And uh, as Pregnart is approaching, he's going to use his bonus action to inspire Pregnart. I've had this one for a while. Yay. Right, let's go. This sorcerer's out of his mind, but makes a sausage so divine. His eyes stick out of his head, casting snacks and blasting wrong moving your death. This frog is pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that song. I love that song so much. I love that song so much. That's like my, that's like my, that is my, that is my guilty pleasure dance tune. Pop that on and just dance in the fucking middle of the house. Like, I love that song. He's just a uh, fake beard and a smile. Pregnant. <laughs> if I were you, I'd take precaution. <laughs> Anyways. Um, awesome. You, Pregnant, you are very inspired. D12. Uh, any other, that, 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 the thing that covers your action economy yeah, for the I'm turn? Yeah, I'm not going to move anywhere. Sounds good. Yeah, you like to hang out towards the back and just do the, the the affecting everybody else thing. That's you know how you how that bard do. Uh, and we're gonna move on now to Pregnart, freshly inspired Pregnart. All right. I am going to hang on one second. I'm looking at my my spell sheet here. You would. I'm waiting for the question. Is there a gazebo nearby? <laughs> I'm wondering. I, I I am wondering what inanimate objects were are waiting nearby. to be animated. I had a feeling you were going to ask that. Um, there are some park benches, mm-hmm. um, like wooden and like iron, um, like frames with like you know like the wooden bars that you know make up the the, the, the shape and the seat, like your typical park bench, you know, like yes. central park bench type thing. Okay. Um, there are some planters, like some like potted planters with like you know like little like decorative trees in them. Let's get to. The, I feel like you're waiting to drop something interesting that I'd like to animate. I'm like I'm like I'm 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 I'm. I mean I don't know. I gave you two interesting things. I. I mean there's bushes, but I don't know that that's more like that's animating plants. That's different. Druids can do that. Oh yeah. Um, um, but the pot, like the pot. Any itself, statues? Are there any statues nearby? <laughs> you know, I feel like the plaza of like a wizarding tower would have to have some kind of statues. Yeah, it distributed must. amongst it of like some like you know great scholars of the past. I will say that you know what, it does exist. There are, there's like, you know, like, gal- there's like, you know, just like statues kind of interspersed like in some of the landscaping and like the flower beds and all that stuff. Um, they're about like, you know, like the statue of David that we, you know, have like the 198, right? Like, like about, about that size. Like, it's like, uh, I don't know, how, how tall would you say that is? Um, 20 including feet. The pe- including the pedestal, about 20 feet tall, right? Yeah. 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 That sounds good. Well. Yeah, they're within 120 feet. Yes. Okay. Well, one one statue is, and the other object that I described as well. Are they naked statues? No, they are. They, they look like they they, they, they look. 
No. They look like like <laughs> they st- statues of like you know famed scholars of the, of the you know of eras prior, right? Of like you know people who retired or you know are you know no longer with us. You know who people who you know were part of the school, great minds of their time, yada yada, philosophers, whatever. Mutually exclusive. Great scholars can hang dong too. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, the statue. Don't you know discriminate. What? <laughs> The, the statue in particular that you're looking at is the statue of one Aristocrates. Yeah. And he's he's hanging he's hanging dong. He is not hanging dong. He's wearing robes. <laughs> <laughs> I never said he was hanging dong. Pregnant's really looking for a statue that's hanging dong that he can animate. I don't there know. There are no statues that are hanging dong in this scholarly plaza. Uh, yeah, we'll see about that once Pregnart animates one of them. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so the one that's within range. So this would be, this is 20 feet tall. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, a huge, which is the highest, like the largest size that you can animate, right? right. Would be 15 by 15. So while part of this does exist out of those dimensions, you could probably, if you didn't include the pedestal, I guess, yeah, we could do it. I mean, I still like it, so that's what we're going to do that. But like, I'm just, you know, if you're doing that, you get that one, you just get the statue and nothing else. Well, actually, this is up to 10 non-magical objects and a huge target counts as eight. So you'd have room for, I think it is, um, one medium or two small objects slash tiny objects. Small objects are those that so like you know anything like anything medium or smaller exists in a five by five cube you know like, like a you know, square space right, um, right. largest and large would be 10 by 10 huge is 15 by 15 gargantuan is 20 by 20 or larger so one of those park benches could also be animated or two planters oh i'm just saying i i just want to uh i'm just animate. saying with one casting yeah, though but with one oh, right, casting right, right. you could get well, all I three. thought you were hand or one statue I thought you were and saying, two pocket sausages. Right, but are you saying that you are disallowing me from uh, casting that with twin spell because of the I mean, size limitation? Twin spell, I think only does twin spell just work with, with stuff that has multiple targets? Because I feel like that there's like a weird stipulation with that. Let me just double check. Sorry, it's been a while since I've we've used twin spell. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know it's only when you cast a spell that targets only one creature and doesn't have a range of self. Um, so because of the fact that you're not targeting a creature with animate objects, right? The target for animate objects is right. technically Huge. Um, up to ten non-magical objects. So you'd it would, the target would have to be one. You'd have to have one target, and then you could twin it and essentially cast it again, but only be able to choose one target. Is how I'm going to rule well, that because the the, the the limitations of twin spell, oh. ha- it has to be a spell that targets only one creature and doesn't have a range of self. Oh, wait, yeah. I forgot what twin spell actually meant. Sorry. Yeah. Because then you can spend sorcery points to affect an additional target. Because of the fact that animate objects ha- is a multiple target okay. spell, right? Its target is not one creature. It's the target is up to 10 non-magical objects. I don't think that twin spell would work with it. But no, that no, being no. said... You have room to animate more than just the statue. Like I said, you could do one park bench or two planter pots. All right, Pregnart is uh, going to animate 
that nearest statue. Okay. And he uh, he points it at it. He says, I name you Cronjongulus. And he animates it. Um, the statue springs to life and like steps off of its podium, right? Um, like off of the base. So now it's just like a walking statue. Um, you know, you could barely see its legs. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a stone, sta- like a marble statue. So like, you know, like its legs are obscured by the carved robes, right? That it's depicted wearing. So you could just see its feet. So it's shuffling in this sort of weird, awkward way as it's like walking down like this, like the plaza towards you because of the fact that, again, like it doesn't actually have like that motor, like that it doesn't look like it's actually walking like someone would, would if they had like, you know, like robes around their legs or like a dress or something like that where you can kind of see the movement of their legs. It's more like, like toy soldier walking towards, um, towards you. Um, Fair enough. So as long as this is animated, which it looks like it's up to a minute, um, it has 80 HP, an AC of 10, and plus 8 to hit on its attacks. And when it does hit, it deals 2d12, but plus 4 damage. It has a strength of 18 and a dexterity of 6. He also points out a park bench and he says, I name you Fluffy. Fluffy is a medium creature. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, it would be medium. It is uh, HP 40, AC 13, plus 5 attack. 2d6 plus 1 damage. All right. Um, you have... So we'll, they will act on your initiative, so you can, like, tell them... Like, give them a command, like, just, like, you know, charge or whatever. But they're... Currently, they are just trying to move towards you now. The park bench gets to you immediately. The statue will take another turn to reach you. I also... With quickened spell... Cast... Enlarge on Crunjongulus. I don't think that's going to allow you to cast another leveled spell in the Shit. same turn. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was going to sneak. I try to sneak that past it. Not a not a cantrip. You could do that for a cantrip, but that's the only other spell you can cast this turn. All Sorry, right. then that's the rules. Wait, wait, what? What did you say? Sorry. Um, you're you're only allowed to cast one leveled spell per turn. So even if you use quicken spell, you can only use it on a cantrip. It's what? just the limitations Why? of magic in the magic rules. So I don't know. It, it's just it, the, it takes it's, your... it's, it's, it takes your it, it, leveled spell and essentially makes it a bonus action. So yeah, then you so you could have your regular action, but you can only cast a cantrip if you're casting a correct spell. or use another action, right? You have, you know, um, any of regular action. It allows you to free up your action to do something else, and you can use your bonus action to cast whatever leveled spell you're trying to cast. That's kind of the like where that 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 ability shines. The reason that they limited the amount of level spells you can cast in a turn is because spellcasters would be absolutely broken and no one would want All to right. play any other class. Then in that case, I use Quicken Spell and I use Message to <laughs> talk to <laughs> the guy who people are calling Mr. Popeson. Sure. Okay. And I say, We are your friends. We know you. Stop fighting us. Um, I think they're allowed to respond, correct? You hear a response. Uh, you will pay for your crimes. Uh-oh. And uh, actually, moving down the actually, initiative. Um, oh, actually. <laughs> creatures are incapacitated and cannot move or speak. Oh, they're not speaking. It's they're t- thinking, it's, it's, oh, they're thinking right. in their minds. Okay. Pregnard heard that. Okay. No one else Only, heard it. Yeah. No Which, one can you know, overhear. Yeah, so Pregnard will probably say, oh, you're really cool, Pregnard. Uh, you know, I like you a lot. Uh, uh, 
Anyways, Zero, it's your turn. Okay, so you approximately have, uh, how wide is that alley again? There's no alley. They're just moving okay. around. The, they're just moving around. They, they the structure. just went around the corner. I thought they went into something. No. Okay, they just, just went around. around. There's so plenty you're of just space. Out of plenty right. of space, and you have two essentially fish in a barrel that you're staring at because they are paralyzed. Yeah, we are 40 feet away from them. Is that 30 feet away from the corner then? There's no, it's not like, okay, it's a round structure, so it's not okay. like there's a corner. So you're oh. able to see them just fine from where you're standing. All right. It's just that, like, they're out of view from the general, like, where the crowds of people are freaking out. Okay. Um, I'm going to advance my 30 feet. Um, we will uh, shoulder reason, get it all spun up and stuff like that, and then we are going to. Um, hold action if they break their uh, paralysis uh, at any point we open fire okay but prior to them taking hostile action well actually they would break their paralysis technically at the end of their turn right so yeah you would okay that sounds good yeah um we're gonna move then to uh them and they will end their turns because they are paralyzed and attempt to make the save again oh okay you got so the first the first time I rolled this, and I should you not, right? I had two fours, right, on the die. This time I rolled two threes. Wow. They remain paralyzed. Something else that happens though, before as their turn is ending, right? Where this is a world event. The portals above are much more prominent now. The rift. Right, that vertical rift is very pronounced, glowing very green and black. Like it's sort of like black, like 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 sort of this black wispiness with these, these like green sort of like it's almost like the you know how like fire changes colors, it's like blue and like you know like those like those like crazy, you know, like the intense like where it's more intense and then as it moves out it changes to like that orange and red. Similar except it's black towards the center and now like green wisps sort of like green wisps you know, coming off of the edges. Um, and the oval one is also, again, much more pronounced. Um, and you can almost see like something, you know, coming like something like very thin, like almost blade like coming out from the top of the vertical rift. Jarrell, it's your turn. Oh, um, OK. Jarrell is going to say to them, uh, it appears that your world is ending. If you would like us to not hurt you and assist you, this is your chance. Um, we have a way out of here, so it's really up to you. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm gonna, okay. I gotta try to use persuasion on that one. Okay. Uh, Quinn, you, you give me advantage or bard, bardic inspiration? It was bardic inspiration. Bar yeah. So what do, you, what do I add to that? Uh, it's D10 for is me. Right. Quinn's is a D10. Yeah, mine's slightly shorter than Hedrick's. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a 20 total. You have no idea. They're paralyzed. Right. Right. <laughs> but they are, literally, they are literally unable to emote or respond in any way. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this is a pretty good showing of strength. <laughs> um, if they decide to continue to fight. I really hope my dice rolls are better next episode because uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> this is I'm not trying to make this super easy on you guys. I should have just given the magic resistance, but I'm trying to highlight these are people in the past, right? They're not like what they are in the future. Right. Um, 
Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Uh, what we're going to have to do, just because we know we're getting to a bit of a longer episode here, uh, we're going to pause the action. Dear audience, sorry. Not sorry, but, you know, we like to condense these things. Uh, we got a lot of stuff happening, though. And we're going to have to figure out how the rest of this unfolds next week on the Hapless Heroes podcast. But in the meantime, dear audience out there, if you like us, you could find us on the internet. We exist in many spaces. You could find us on a lot of forms of social media, just Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or Reddit. Just, I mean, if you just look for Hapless Heroes, like that's that's us. You know, there's no other people calling themselves the Hapless Heroes out there. And if you are, if you are, stop. Uh, <laughs> quit it. But those places will take you to or point you to where we really hang out most of the time and interact with our audience on a daily basis. And that's our Discord server. Um, we really encourage you to come and just join the conversation, be a part of it. You know, we have a separate channel that's like spoiler tag that you can talk about episodes in and stuff like that. You know, it's pretty simple. You just put the episode number in and then like put your spoiler after that so we all know kind of where, where you're at in the show because everyone's at different places when they're listening to this thing. Um, but we also have all kinds of other discussion channels. We talk about uh, our favorite sports teams and our little cute fuzzy animals and all the other things that people just talk about when we're socializing on the internet. Um, it's really cool. We encourage you to join us. It's a, it's a really, really great place. Um, but if you really, really like us, you can leave us a five-star reviewer rating on the podcast service of your choice. You know, uh, these days it's all about the algorithm. And when we get those ratings and those reviews and all those things, like it makes it, 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 it our show gets recommended to more people and uh, we can grow this audience even further. And, you know, that's done with your help. And also, we just love reading the nice things you say about us. So if you, you know, if your podcast service doesn't let you do that, we also have a five star channel on our discord where you can say some nice things. We also have a, uh, you know, an email, just haplessheroes at gmail.com. You know, just say something nice. You know, we'll we'll say something nice right back to you here on the air. Um, We had somewhat of a review on Discord. I did say I was going to count it. Minus one dexterity said, this podcast has been the only thing I've listened to every day for two months, and now none of my friends want to talk to me anymore. Good luck. When she was talking to somebody about, you know, (laughs) who just recently joined and started listening to the show. And I said, I'm counting as a five-star review. She agreed, so... Thank you, minus one dexterity, <laughs> for your five-star review because I think that, that that that's that's yeah that's wonder. I love it. It makes me so happy. Uh, but yeah, you just you know you find, you say some nice things. We'll, we'll do we'll shout you out like this. It's great. Uh, it's just a nice little thing we got going on. But if you really 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 like us, you could just donate to our Patreon. It's at patreon.com/slash heroes. We got a bunch of rewards in there. We we we're clipping bloopers. We got stuff from the past. We got stuff from the now. You know, we got, you know, Hedrick songs. We got a whole bunch of stuff out there for you to enjoy and just get even more content from us, your hapless heroes. You know, we, we just try to figure out some way to say thank you and give back because you've been all so generous and so wonderful and supporting the show for so long that, like, you know, it's just, it's it's really, it's the wind in our sails. It keeps the lights on and we just can't thank you enough, honestly. It's, it's just, you're awesome. Thanks, Patreon. And if you like us right now, you like us, Sally Field, and the whole deal write a song and make a promotional video called the hapless heroes shuffle and assemble the remaining members of the 1985 chicago bears and have them perform it does it have to actually be a shuffle or can you just call it a shuffle yeah just just call it the hapless heroes shuffle and uh yeah there has to be a, a song and the remaining members of the 1985 chicago Chicago Bears have to perform it. 
Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's you doable. Know, po- it's doable for sure, you know, <laughs> provided that you could get the 1985 Chicago Bears to agree to do it for you with you. Uh, I think can get you anything. You know, be, yeah, well. <laughs> play them, play them that the one episode, you know, the one, then they'll agree to it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that one. We all Any know episode of the Spanx Mahiney, I think they'll they'll agree right away. Yeah, yeah definitely will, for sure. Anyways, everyone's uh, favorite character, the Spanx best Mahiney. character we've ever had, for sure, by a long shot. Uh, anyways, gonna go ahead and outro this cast for you, like we do all the time when we try to put things to a close here and not just keep rambling at you. I'm gonna start on my virtual right with John playing Lord Gerald Light. Until next time, Phyllis Hedrick, the Entertainer. These jokers better fall in line. Zach is Pregnart. Grandjongulus is my new friend. <laughs> Friendship ended with Mr. Bouchonks. Grandjongulus is my new friend. Grandjongulus. <laughs> oh friend. my god, whatever. <laughs> Bouchonks. Nicole. Mr. Bouchonks still Nicole lives forever in my Boris heart. Nicole as Boris the Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I really thought that tackle was gonna work. <laughs> Mike is learning Captain Quinn Southwind. This is the most ominous sky I've ever seen. And Dave playing Zero Valence Avatar 4. Good night, everyone. I'm Francesco, Ben, your host of DM. We'll see you next week as this riveting encounter continues. And maybe the world will end, maybe it won't. We will find out. Bye bye. I love you. Bye. 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 bye.